Okay, so three weeks ago, I wanted to do a podcast and I recorded it because I just got a new mic. Uh, I love this mic. I just want to try it out and listen how it sounded like experiment with recording and editing and whatever. And I recorded this um, experience that I had with disability benefits and how it went for me. And when I recorded that episode, it sounded super chill to me. Because I was being super authentic and I was just telling how I feel. But usually when I talk, I use a lot of like, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, uh, so it sounded very stupid to me. I let my girlfriend listen to it and I sent it to her because it sounded like uh, a, a series of cartoons because my experience with it was if you tell it like very lightly it sounds super funny because I'll be just sitting there making fun of how fat I was and how depressed I was and how sad I was it was just like I make fun of myself a lot even though the the situation was very bad and I wanted to upload that and then I listened to it while I was editing it and I was like no this cannot because it just minimizes my experience because at first I wanted to do a, a, an episode about disability benefits and the social stigma around it, how to get into it and why to get into it and how to get out of it for people with disability and with people with chronic illnesses. And this trilogy that I had in mind would include like different people with disability with different disabilities to come on and just talk about their experiences while we're having coffee because like that's my thing I love coffee and I, I love hanging out with people and I just want people to have like a space to come and experience uh, share their experiences with everyone because we know like my story is not that unique because I know for sure like millions of people will go through it one time in their life while going through disability and going through the system and while I was listening to that recording I just thought like okay I cannot unleash this rubbish on people and I didn't want to make my experience feel small like I didn't want to trivialize trivialize there's a word uh, my experience because as much as it sounded funny to me at that moment while we were going through it it was so difficult and it felt like there was no way out of that situation and regardless of how it is for me now I know there are people who are going through it now who will go through it later and so in that other people in mind I just wanted to do it kind of justice but when you are the subject of the situation or the issue that you want to express, it becomes so difficult and emotional and you feel like uh, you want to tell everything, but you really can't tell everything. And to that in mind, I'm just going to tell you how it went for me. The first time I, I heard of disability benefit was after I left the camp I used to live in because first when you ask asylum you live in a camp and I, I was assigned to live in the north uh, then they told me the camps in the Netherlands were not accessible everywhere for people with disability the two options were one in the south and one in the north and for some reason I was uh, in the north and the first year was just like filled with 
waiting all the time. You just wait, 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 wait. And the waiting was after you do your initial interview with migration, immigration offices. They give you an answer, which usually is no, because they usually start the questioning or your asylum uh, application from the negative. And you're supposed to prove that you're telling the truth. You're supposed to convince them you're an actual in need like you're a human being fleeing of danger and when you're telling your story you first think yeah i'm i'm telling them the truth or my version of truth and this is um this is what it is and you just feel good about what you told but when you start living with other groups of people who has been in the camp for 10 years five years three years and their story is also as authentic as yours and you start to realize like oh this thing might not come so easy it might not be an easy waiting but there is no way out you just wait and wait and wait and at the end you would hear an answer from the migration it's either you're accepted to stay or you're asked to leave the country and for me it was kind of uh, I don't know I don't know how I felt because I think I tried to block uh, most of the things that happened back then not that they were super dramatic but it was just a feeling of nothingness like nowhere to go and no future and no planning needed it, it's just, a, a, I can't explain the feeling because I don't even know how it was for me. But while waiting in the camp for my answer for migration, I was going uh, to a doctor, seeing different doctors about my scoliosis, and I was told that I needed a surgery. And I decided to do the surgery, one, because they told me the younger you are, the easiest for the bone to heal right back. And I thought it's a good time. I had nothing to do. I could do the surgery and heal. And they also told me like the rehabilitation, like the recovery time is two months. And I believe them because they're doctors <laughs> and they never lie. <laughs> well, was I wrong? <laughs> because the healing process took, I think, five years or so. Um, the timeline might not be correct because I'm very bad in telling time. Uh, while I was in rehab recovering from my extensively very difficult surgery that I had to do twice and being moved from one rehab to another because one can house me for a longer time, one can't and one this, they had their, the whole thing going on. So I've been throwing around from one place to another. And in that time, I got my answer from migration. I was accepted to stay in the Netherlands. And then that's when my my story begins, I think. Uh, because I was living in rehabilitation center, I use the word live very loosely because it wasn't living. But the camp that I was staying at said that because I have my status now I can move out and find a house by myself. And the hospital said, hey, now because you are fine and you're not supposed to be a live-in patient, you can go out and rehabilitate, rehabilitate from outside, which is the right thing to say. From the rehab perspective, that's what you do. You go in for a 
a limited time you do the exercise and you just leave but then I didn't have a house to go to and the camp I don't know it was an an I don't know unkindness of from the the workers part they just told me that I speak very good English your understanding of Dutch is fine and your in your partner speaks well Dutch and she's Dutch blah 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 so you guys can live together and I knew that was a wrong thing to say and a wrong thing to do but I didn't have the patience or the understanding to have that talk with them uh, because the camps were not like they weren't accessible they didn't have the bed they didn't have the toilet I don't know like like looking back at it it looks fine to me but maybe they didn't have the right equipment because they said they could not take me in legally but because I didn't have like the mental understanding and taking information and processing it well to make a, an informed decision I think we just said okay we're gonna live together now because they said so but by doing that I think we kind of relieved them from the responsibility of them finding us a proper house and putting us in the social security system where I can get uh, allowance I don't know what it's called but they are supposed to give you money for food and housing and because we left I think at the end they kept on telling us like we are out so now the city has to take care of me the city has to find a house and the city has to do this and that and so I went to register as a an official um, citizen of the city that I was living in that's when I met let's call her Lisa I met Lisa she was a social worker that is assigned to me to help me transition and through the integration process she's supposed to be my guide the first time i met her she felt like she was out of her depth she didn't know what she was doing even though she spoke english very well because that's a challenge here she spoke english but she refused to talk to me and she refused to listen to me even though we do talk but she never listens to me and that period I think I spent most of my Wednesdays going to her crying and coming back being depressed being in bed and eating and then again going back to Wednesday to talk to her which is a circle of the same thing over and over again we weren't asking for a lot we were just asking what I was owed or what is supposed to be given to me because I was just asking for housing and food and she didn't know how to give it to me because for some reason she may she always makes it feel like it was coming out of her pocket the first time she told me about disability benefits she told me that I'm not qualified to be in that because I'm only eligible for disability allowance if I was born in the Netherlands one or I can prove that I was disabled before the age of 15 or some other stuff that I was not understanding when you have uh, people like that it's always good to have that uh, power of information because then you can 
defend yourself or explain yourself or tell her what to do because she doesn't seem to know what to do. And then I didn't know anything. Whenever she was explaining things, I just thought, oh, I just thought there was one government, one money, you eat, you have shelter, you integrate, you learn the language and just start your life. But I wasn't allowed to start my life because she refused to think outside the box. Her life and her life, no, her work was colored for her. And she wasn't willing to think outside of that colored line that she was given. I would think that she was like going to be helpful for me because I thought her job must be boring because she gets people that are the same over and over again. She ticks boxes every day and every day she makes the same decision. And my case could be, it's not that special, but is different so she could say let me read about it let me research so i can help you the best i could her position allows her to help me to facilitate the laws that are ratified by someone and hers she's an ex executive she executes laws but she kept on ignoring me not listening to me being nonchalant about everything while I was living in a very inaccessible house not having money to spend which made me feel so depressed because since I was a child all I wanted was like independence like financial independence physical independence mental independence I searched for it and I wanted it so much since I was a child and at that point I felt like everything was being taken away from me for something I didn't do and her not being able or like not being willing to help and I use the word help a lot because that's how they make you feel like like this government officials and people who are working in the cities and subsidies who are there because they are educated to be a social worker and their expertise is disability migration or uh, minority groups but when when you deal with them they always make you feel like they're doing you a favor and you're just sitting feeling like a victim and you have to explain yourself over and over again you have to tell them about your problems your sad life and how miserable you are and it just makes you feel small all the time and like that childification of a person with disability it's so annoying and at that point because things are not going your way you feel like you need someone to defend you to speak out for you to to help you to say that's not okay and fix it and she wasn't willing to do any of it and of course I understood that what she can because in the Netherlands for example what I learned throughout my living here they have a well-oiled machine and the machine works very fine but it works because everything goes in if it was supposed to go in if you are a person that is different and that you're not the status quo then they freak out because they feel like you're breaking that machine and it looks perfect from outside and for a person like me who comes from a country like Ethiopia which doesn't have a machine then 
it's impressive for me. But when you go through it and you are labeled difficult, you're labeled angry and you're, you're a problem for them. So a problem has to be solved. But then the problem, she just people make you feel different and small in every aspect of your conversation they refuse to talk with you they she always wanted laura to be there and my other contact person to be there i don't know why but she just felt that for her that was comfortable like not to deal with me directly and for me i'm my best when i sit and have a conversation with one person without having to uh, edit myself because laura is my girlfriend and so I can't be telling how I feel emotionally in front of her because she's doing her best. She's like this young girl and who is kind of forced to have this responsibility of taking care of me and which I didn't want to. And like the one thing I don't like is people to feel like my caregivers. I want I pick my own caregivers and care is supposed to be given by people that I feel like they care for me and they don't think that they're caring for me when it's natural because people have been caring for me all my life but I never felt like they felt like they are caring for me if that makes sense and so she was given this responsibility without me wanting it and I think I felt resentful at that time to everything and everyone and I just felt like next to feeling depressed and like out of place and depressed again i was super depressed but the fact is that my life has been it is being written and like my my life trajectory is being made and written by this lady who doesn't see me as a person who doesn't understand where i come from my culture my language and my disability and yet she's just telling me who I am, where I go, what I should have and what I shouldn't have. And she forgets that when you're an asylum and you start a new life, everything matters because your future depends on this person sending you to a good school, uh, starting you with like a work study program, putting you up with people that could help you with your language because you're really literally starting new life in a new land and if this person is not being understanding and yet deciding your life trust me your life is not gonna go in a right direction and so for me I just kind of I felt like I was let down by everyone I didn't find the house for years I wasn't getting the social security for years. She doesn't care if I eat or not. For her, I was just a number. And every time I say to her, like, I'm just a number to you, she'll just be like, no, that's not what I mean. Why are you so mean to me? And every time they, every time I feel bad about things and I express my emotion through crying, usually it's crying, I have to then stop crying and make them feel fine for whatever that I'm going through. I have to tell them it's not their fault. I understand it's the system. And it's emotionally taxing to make other people feel better for something you are going through. You don't have the space to feel sad and happy, to express your anger, to tell your side of story when you're constantly expected to be chipper and to make them feel better for something that 
they are making you go through. And for me, I think that was the moment that I felt most alone and fragile. I always thought I was strong and I can deal with whatever because I don't get attached. I don't have an emotional investment to things. I don't need so much. I don't need so much money. I don't need so much anything. So I thought I could make it. And then I just found out that that's not really true. Like if I don't get the bare minimum, I can't really survive. And my survival is dependent on the goodness of another person. And that's, I think, the most lonely I felt in my life. And I've been trying to unfill that feeling for a long time. Like to not have my mom around, I felt lonely like undefended because she was like my soldier she always fought my battles and now i can't fight my battles i didn't have friends who would go with me to say like fuck you and fuck what you're doing it's wrong i we just like i just felt alone and unprotected and i feel unsaved and the feeling of loneliness it just hurts when that feeling is caused by someone else and someone else has to fix it. And of course, I don't know, maybe I could have fixed it. But back then I was in so much pain. I had so much painkillers. I was physically incapable of moving and my brain always felt clouded. And depression is so, such a bitch, you know, like you can't really express it. It's hard to open my mouth, let alone to have like this con coercive like cohesive thought come out and say no I couldn't like everything felt gray and everything was dark and the, the the mere fact of getting out of my bed to sit on my wheelchair felt so difficult let alone having this huge system that is against me and trying to fight it and then my language was like I couldn't speak Dutch and even though I wasn't super expected to speak Dutch then, I still would have preferred to speak it. I don't know. Like now I'm just sitting here and like thinking about the time, how it was. And I did try to not think about that time because it has passed. The feeling stayed longer. And whenever I think about how it went, it makes me feel sad. I feel genuinely sad, like like that I feel the darkness. I, it's the, like the feeling is what I remember. It's not the actual situation. And the situation kind of got better when I got my house. My list was, I got the listing and the listing went well. So now I live in a sort of a paint house, which is a dream of mine to live on the fifth floor in some beautiful land. Um, now, this is like the th second or the third part of my life. I didn't get what I wanted back then. When we sued them, it was more to have our complaint on a record to set a precedent for the next generation. I know it's not just me who went through it. And I know people who will go through it again, because regardless of what rules and regulations are there, people have to execute them. And the problem always with uh, discrimination, sexism, ableism, and any of the zims comes from when people 
execute the laws because they put their feelings, they put their religion and their thoughts and you're, uh, you're, they've, they're fucking vibe into it. So now everything that has been done by lawmakers is landing on this person who has no clue, who doesn't deserve that working space, who works without empathy like the lack of empathy and the fact that they actually want to be non-empathetic, like they don't want to be empathetic. They don't want to be empathetic to your case, which is like, how can you take out the human in, in, a, in an area where you're doing a human-related work? How could I just be a number? How could I just be a race? How could I just be sex? It just doesn't make sense to me. But so when people don't know what they're doing, don't deserve their job, it makes it difficult. And I don't have so much like, uh, not respect, but like so much value for people who do their job very badly and who treat themselves as this godly person and you're in their hand. And if people make you feel like small, how can I now respect them? And when I got my house and then I got the outcating, which is the social security, and I started my life, it, I was kind of late to go to school and I wasn't able to learn Dutch so easily. I have to do it through YouTube and I have to learn it by myself because my integration system was super fucked by this individual or by this system who did not know how to handle me because I'm like that person who didn't fit that box even though they tried to put me in that fucking box anyway so now i have my own house and uh, now my other problem starts which is like finding wheelchair a wheelchair is like very necessary for my movement because i'm wheelchair bound and wheelchair is not just a movement for most of us wheelchair is life wheelchair is our independence wheelchair is what we are or what we are going to be. Oh, I get it. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, define me by my wheelchair, but I'm just trying to say that having the right wheelchair makes me feel independent and I can be integrated and go out. And next to the wheelchair, finding a language is very important because for me, speaking is what I do. And not being able to go to the right school and not to be communicating with people takes away my voice what i resent from that moment for me was that that i wasn't able to go to school at the right time and people did not understand how it hard it was for me to get out of bed and to just sit and learn every cd of dutch and i feel like i felt let down and after having my house and moving in and finding a wheelchair and changing from electric chair to a uh, sport wheelchair, it kind of changed uh, for me. I just realized that like now I have to be grateful and I have to get out of that mind space where I was childified, I was dehumanized and dewomanized. Is that a word? I don't know. But you know, the way they measure wheelchair is so annoying. You never get the right fit and he has to decide which type of wheelchair. And I don't know, it, it was such a frustrating time. And when I realized that 
because people are going to be people, regardless of the rules and the regulation, I had to put my mental health first. And when I realized like I had no one to help me go through it, to help me with my integration, to help me with the language or anything, I just tried to learn myself how to speak the language because language is everything. That's my voice. That's how I express myself. That's my work because I'm not physically able to do other jobs. Voice is all I have. And the fact that I wasn't able to go to a school when I was supposed to go to school, it's a bit frustrating for me and I feel let down by a lot of things. But now I stopped putting so much weight on other people. And I think that was a privilege that I got. I just realized that I don't find these people super intelligent or I don't have so much respect for them. But at the same time, I let them define me. And they took so much years away from me, like me being sad and depressed and feeling lonely and everything when I'm just nothing to them. And I was like, okay, now I have to put myself first. I have to work on myself and my physical and my mental health. And I think that's, again, a privilege that I have now, which I might not have if I was in my country, to be able to say I'm gonna live the way I feel like I should live and I just stop caring about the things that are happening around me and I said okay if you're not gonna help me I just want you to get away from me and if you're not gonna listen to me I'm not gonna speak and if yeah you are not gonna determine my happiness because now I just want to be happy. I was a happy person. I was very outgoing. I was I was super cheaper, duper person. And it was like broken and like shattered because of this people who were just around me for no reason. And then I was thinking that I have to be intentional with myself because I didn't grow up to be self-pitying feeling like a victim or to have uh, an insecurity i don't have so much insecurities in my life and instead of having this moment to unlearn a lot of things that i had and like to break the walls for myself i was building more walls i'm being closed off from people i'm being alone with purpose but i was like not being my authentic self I was becoming something that I didn't like and I just felt like so bad for my mom and for my family who invested all their emotion to make me who I am and now these people are just teaching me all this self-sabotaging self-hating insecurity about my language my looks my disability my everything that I didn't feel before and now I'm learning it in the time where I'm supposed to be unlearning in a place where I'm supposed to be free, where in the place where I'm supposed to grow emotionally, financially and everything. I just felt like what a waste of time, like my years are being consumed by this rubbish. And so I just say, OK, Becca, which means enough. And I just stopped. I stopped everything. I came home broke up with my girlfriend, I breathed and started my yoga and I started eating healthy 
and then yeah that's where we are now just working on myself and I haven't I haven't been feeling depressed for quite some times now which I'm super thankful for and I'm being more I'm being more grateful for things that are around me and for people that are still with me and I'm very thankful for people who stood by me and for people who loved me through my uh, dark times and I'm I learned like no I don't need a lot of people and I don't need a lot of things I'm kind of a minimalist with maximal maximalism ideologies all mashed together and I'm a person who is generally thankful for everything I'm very thankful for everything even the bad things that happened to me and that I had to go through I think they were meant to be it's everything was intentional uh, by the universe or be it by God I was given what I was given in time and space when I needed it if that makes sense yeah everything happens for a reason and everything that is mine is always mine and I could want it more and I could fight for it and I could be savage about it but at the same time if it was meant for me to be having a house and to be living in the south or in Amsterdam or whatever I could have and now I'm in a place where I'm super happy with myself and I'm super intentional with my work and I'm I'm very grateful and I'm filled with gratitude I'm filled with love and happiness and my my like the way I define happiness changed through time as I grew up I became more Uh, it became more different like my joy comes from a different things than it used to and I'm just so happy like I'm not happy like ha 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 all the time but I'm very content with what I am and what I have and I don't know it could be better and I wish like there's a lot of things that I wish didn't happen but I know that I can't change them and going back to those places put me in that dark place and a hole where I can't go out because I had to do it again and again and again and I don't want that for myself because getting out of a dark place is so difficult and it took me so much time and now I just live life to the fullest the way I want to and I don't do so much uh, I don't know I don't do so much crazy things but I'm just happy I'm just grateful for everything and I wish you guys are having a lovely day and a lovely night I wish for all of you to be happy and to be content with yourself and to know that everything gets better there is no room without a window when you know that thing about Jesus opening and closing doors and whatever yeah when one door closes another door open when it's your time when it's your space it's yours no one can take it away and don't let anyone else dim your light don't let anyone else take your happiness and joy just because you think they're wearing uniform and they're sitting in a chair and everything I think everything will be fine and just know that no one has the power over your life you can just tell them to fuck off and have a lovely day I think I'm gonna have a good night just um, I think I'm just gonna go and watch Kanye West's documentary love you guys and uh, love yourself maybe if you can and if you don't you will just work on yourself 
This has been Theology. Thanks for hanging out with me for 35 minutes. Oh my God. Okay, guys. Bye. Love you.